Welcome, friends, to Liberation Lectionary, where we riff on the scriptures and try to squeeze out those bits of liberation, the, the, the pieces that will lead us to uh, the way of life that is towards uh, freedom, the right kind of freedom, justice, and all the good things in the way of, of Jesus. Uh, I'm Francisco Garcia, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, Episcopal priest and Perpetual student, it seems, out here, but I'll get done someday. And with me is the homie. Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Edwards Acton, uh, also an Episcopal priest, co-troublemaker out here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California. So we are uh, looking at, um, the. I think it's the sixth um, edition of this series of, uh, you know, John, um, Bread of Life Discourse. We've been going deep on this bread of life, and I think it's going to close out with this. So we're we're looking at um, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost, um, and we're going to do what we can to to make some you know to get something out of this for all you preachers and activists and and folks who want to make sense of this um, this gospel for the week. So Jamie, yeah, I mean there must be something here in this chapter six. Huh? It's just like hammering at us uh, for six. Sundays in a row. So let's let's see if we finally get it right this time, uh, Francisco. So this uh, this gospel reading comes from John chapter six. No surprise, uh, verses fifty six through sixty nine. Jesus says, "Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me." This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about, about it, said to him, said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the 12, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have, to, we, we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of John chapter six. <laughs> Its own gospel, apparently. So. El cuerpo y el pan. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and it started, if folks may recall, with uh, the, the fishes and loaves um, story. So, and then it kind of continues after that. So we have to kind of remember the context of what's happening. But I know, um, so that's just one little piece to remember uh, as we close this out. But Jamie, what, what do you think? Yeah, 
I mean, there's a lot here. I tease about it, but you know, I, I actually look, you know, I, I just don't uh, like, to, I don't like the spiritualized approach of John, you know, at, of John's gospel. I mean, people trying to understand John's gospel where I take more of a kind of a sociopolitical look at it. So I'm trying to find out what was happening during the time of John that makes it interesting. Right. Um, and I think, you know, here you get a sense of that once again, is that, um, you know, you can tell that during John's time, when he was writing this gospel, let's say 90, the year 90, I think is roughly when scholars uh, would agree that it was written. You know, this comes at a time after the temple is destroyed and during a time when not just the Christians, but, uh, you know, the, the main kind of Jewish sect and then others, right? We're trying to reimagine their identity because their identity to that point had been so connected to the temple and uh and to the holy city of jerusalem and when that gets kind of you know when 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 uh when empire comes in and destroys all that it really kind of challenges right some of the uh understandings and beliefs that you had and so everyone is kind of i think trying to reimagine that and you can you, you just get the sense when you're reading um John, that the Christian sect, Judas, Jewish sect, um, you know, was kind of taking it on the chin, right? And it was it, it was rough going. That and and some of the things that they were talking about, some of the things they were practicing, you know, were uh, ridiculed, were you know abhorred, were you know misunderstood, misinterpreted, um, you know, and you could easily see how a practice of remembrance, right, of Jesus, that Jesus uh, inaugurated, how this practice of remembrance uh, that gets carried on in this kind of fledgling, inchoate community, uh, how it, it gets, you know, by, the, by, the, by those in power and those who may feel threatened by them somehow or whatever or don't understand, they would ridicule their practices, right? And, and so in chapter six, it's just clear that to me that this is John speaking through Jesus, trying to remember Jesus, what he said, as a way of a kind of a counter argument, right? To, to the mainstream argument of look at these cannibals. How could you possibly uh, associate yourself with this cannibalistic, uh, you know, sect here? And so what, what I hear uh, from here is uh, what I find very interesting in this particular passage is a, a couple things. Uh, one, I told you before, uh, Francisco, is this, you know, uh, we, we both like this idea of, you know, the disciples, everybody, I'm sure, but even the disciples, right? Even those who are in following, even those who are attending church regularly, right? Uh, that uh, they're offended, right? Jesus says, not just to the 12 disciples, but I'm sure John is asking this question of everybody in his community, right? And other Christian communities, are you offended right, by uh, what it says in English, are you offended? Does this, is this teaching is difficult? Does this teaching offend you? Mm -hmm. And um, as I mentioned before we got on here, is teaching is, is uh, in the Greek here is logos. So teaching is really a kind of a shallow interpretation, uh, you know, superficial interpretation of, of logos. And you and I both agreed that we like, it's better if, if you kind of interpret it as like, do I offend you? Do I, the living in incarnation, right, of the divine, 
here on earth and the way I am and what I do and with whom I hang out and, you know, uh, and uh, rub shoulders or elbows or whatever shoulders. I can't, I don't know the saying, I can't remember. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the riffraff does everything about me ultimately in the face of this ridicule and this, you know, kind of ostracization, does it offend you? Um, and I think the answer is, you know, is for a lot of people, yes. You, you know, know you want to be seen with me. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I and I love so I love that being offended by the person of Jesus and all that is. And then this idea of abiding again, which you've you've really uh, eloquently talked about before, um, Francisco, about just, you know, this abiding is not just a one and done kind of thing. Abiding is this this for the long haul, right? And so it's for, it's, this is not a magic trick, right? In whatever sense we're talking about abiding, whether it's the Eucharist, right? Um, it's not a one and done or whatever sacrament, right? Like wham, and that's it. Uh, but there's this abiding aspect, which is like a lifelong partnership. And it's a struggle, right? Sometimes, and it's challenging. And, uh, and I love that uh, connection with the logos, like the person of Jesus, and the offensive nature of that, and then this call to a, to just hang in with that, you know what I mean? To just like travel with that through our lives. So those are some of the couple, first couple of things that stand out for me. Yeah, and, and picking up on what you just said there about sort of just hanging with it and following it to its, um, you know, to its, uh, what's the word I'm going for? Conclusion. Conclusion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, that's kind of what Jesus is getting at here too, where he says, um, does this offend you or do I offend you, right? Um, then, then he continues, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before, right? So he's basically saying, you haven't seen anything yet. That's, that's well, right. This is the first act, you know? Right. Right. And kind of basically recounts the whole story is about his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. So again, right. there's the theological that um, sort of like the, the the arc, right, of Jesus's life witness um, that, that is sort of, again, thrown before us, the readers, obviously, and in this context to the disciples, which here it's interesting that the disciples um, um, are a much bigger crowd than just the 12th, right? Because we see at the end, um, because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the 12, right? Right. Well, so right. the 12 were like the core group. It's like sort of what we knew, right? People, it was yeah. never just the 12. So there were many others that were disciples as well. And a bunch of them left. They're like, man, this is getting too hard for us. Like we cannot, we cannot no longer, basically um, we got sold a bill of goods or maybe we thought it was going to be something that it wasn't. And right. now, you know, um, you know, the stuff I'm trying to be uh, is hitting the fan, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're being very delicate about the whole yeah. thing. Francisco. Yeah. And they um, they're they're like, we're out, we're out. And so yeah. Jesus is asking the 12, like, what about you? Like, where are you at on this? It's kind of like um, it's like a second. It's 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 like in the organizing world, right? Like, um, you know, we're, we're always having to reconfirm um people's commitment like are you still with me are you still with the program are you still down to do x y and z you know um yeah. it doesn't stop right you continue to build that relationality and that connection and as as a movement gets harder and as the, the asks um and requirements get more difficult 
you got to check in with your people, right? right? Like, are you still with me? And so it's right. kind of like one of those conversations. Like, we're at a moment here where this is sort of like the challenge. Are you with me? Like, are you, are you willing to see this through? Even if maybe you're, you're having trouble with this teaching or you, you, you find it offensive because of you misunderstand what I mean when I'm talking about being the living bread and the bread of life and of eating of my flesh and drinking of my, of, of my blood. Um, are you with me? Have you seen enough to know that I am a witness to God's love, grace, liberation, justice, and to complete the story with me, you know? And Jesus right. is like, hang on, right? Yeah. Um, and then he, he gives them the key, right? Spirit and life. Um, the words that I give you are spirit and life. And I think, you know, it's an important thing that we also distinguish that folks don't get tripped up on this one verse that says the flesh is useless. It is the spirit that gives life. Jesus is sort of distinguishing, right? It's kind of a counterplay. Um, spirit and life, it's like Jesus brings this um, and sort of like the flesh is kind of like, I think it's kind of like a reference to um, what's the word not that it's it's not denigrating the body and the fact that we have bodies and we are bodies and souls it's 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 speaking to sort of like the the human tendency you know to do wrong or to you know to fall away you know and to not live into a deeper meaning um uh, that we're called to in relationship with god does that yeah, mean? yeah, and I, I think he may be even challenging because it's it's odd that he says that in this passage because he is saying, you know, I eat my flesh <laughs> my and flesh. drink my blood, right? And then he says, and then he comes back. And I think, you know, one way to approach that may be seen is that Jesus, you know, early on is trying to break down dualism, you know, right? Like kind of the dualistic nature that we think we are, right? That we're somehow you know flesh and spirit right but um that it's something it's not quite like that it's something more whole right and it's a it's we experience mm -hmm, we experience things uh through the non-material right and through the material and it's all part of a whole it's not like an either or and you can't separate body and soul I and mean, that that obviously comes from you know the greek philosophical tradition which was right you know, the hellenistic influence was a big deal in this time and so where body and soul were, were much, uh, like you said, this dualism and this um, materiality versus um, spirituality, which we're still dealing with today in a way. But um, he's talking about spirit and life in a deeper sense, like live into your bodies, follow me and, and, and live into your bodies in a fundamentally different way. That's right. Yeah. And he, and he, yeah. And the fact that he gives us bread and wine, which are very material things uh, for us to ingest in our bodies as a way of connecting, communing with him and remembering and being guided by the spirit. There's, you know, you, you really can't separate those the way Jesus talks about it. So you've got, you've got to keep them as a whole. Um, I think another thing that jumps out for me too, is I, I like this last part, uh, Francisco, um, and that you kind of already touched upon about some of the disciples not being able to, you know, not be able to hang in there. It was, it was just too much. And you can really, again, I just want to remind people the history here, you know, that you can, you, I feel sympathetic, right? I mean, there's, a, it was probably really tough um, to choose, you know, to follow Jesus post, you know, during John's time. I mean, it's, 
and it's uh, it was probably tough any time before Constantine, you know, but and for a lot of places around the world still, but um, probably nothing like we know, you know what I mean, or have experienced being part of such a, a mainstream kind of uh, majority kind of religious experience. But this in this last part, um, you know, they talk about, um, you know, do you wish to go away? And they say, you know, where can we go? To whom can we go? Um, and that you have the words of eternal life. So there's something, you know, and then and then going back to, I loved your image of the organizing and, you know, kind of you go back and to your folks and you say, you know, are you still on board? Are you still, you know, um, you checking in with your folks and that last line, we've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And actually the believe there, again, I don't like the English translation and this is, uh, to trust, right? The the Greek word here is more, you know, uh, we have come to trust and to know that you are the Holy One, you know? And there's something, I mean, that might seem like a trivial distinction, but for me, it's profound, right? Because I am guided by so many things in my life based on trust rather than some kind of clear belief about something. You know what I mean? But I like trust in a movement or I trust in the 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 rightness of something, or I trust in people, right? Certain, or communities or something like that. Um, and, and believing doesn't really make sense in those situations and it kind of distracts, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's kind of misconstruing what we're being called to do sometimes. Um, but it's, uh, and trust also, uh, belief sounds so, it, like a capitalist word, you know what I mean? It's like we're consumers, whereas trust is a relational word, right? Trust is about like you have a connection, like, you know, it's not even necessarily, uh, you know, kind of hierarchical necessarily, it didn't have to be. Um, and, uh, but you, trust is about something relational, you know, with the bonds that tie. And, um, and so whenever possible, I like to, you know, kind of recapture that word. I think the Greek, I think the Greek is something like pisteo or something like that. And that, but I, I would bet a hundred bucks that they've mistranslated it again because they always do in, uh, in the Greek in use, believe instead of trust. But, yeah. um, I don't have my, well, I don't have a Greek Bible, but I don't have one handy either. <laughs> they must have one at that fancy university you go to. Yeah. I kind of cheat with the Greek, you know, since I wasn't my best subject in seminary, I have to be honest. Yeah, right. I'll just go to the interline, uh, online interlinear Greek and, and, and look at the English and the Greek and the transliterate, all that stuff. So if that works. Yeah. That works. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I think that this Jesus, the way that he at the end, like the question, do you also wish to go away? Um, I feel like it's. It's not, um, it's an open-ended question, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's really sort of like um, gently asking the disciples, like, you need to make your decision again. You know, like, if you're going to follow me, you got you to gotta see this through with me, even if you don't know exactly how it's going to play out. And if you right. can't do that right now, it's sort of like, that's okay. But, you know, you have, you can walk away right now. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you're going to do this, you got to be, you got to be in this. And so just think about those, those hard choices where, um, 
you sign up for something and you're excited about it and you know it could be in the context of a of a you know of church or sort of like a movement you know um and sometimes you don't know right and you have to right. make make that decision like am i going to continue in this i mean i remember being part of a an organizing um drive where i i ended up having to go support um a a, a 51 day um strike right I, I was you know i was assigned to go for um and it was you know hospital worker strike in the bay area and so i had to fly up north um from you know from the los angeles area for a week and my shift was um the graveyard shift and so i was doing picket line duty from 11 p.m to 7 a.m for like seven days straight in the in the bay area in like the late fall moving into winter and dang it was cold wow. <laughs> and it was like one of those questions that's like am i really in this <laughs> you know and then the, the more that I would see, um, you know, the, the resolve of the workers that were on strike, you know, and hear their stories. Um, you know, I was there as an organizer supporting them. You know, I was doing strike support. So I wasn't on strike, but I was supporting right. those who had made that choice. And seeing their resolve and commitment to see it through day after day, you know, even on the 30th day and the 31st day, it, it, it kept me going. Like, okay, I, I'm in this with them. And I, the solidarity is sort of like, um, it rubs off on you, you know? You see yeah. it and you feel it. And it, it, it was okay within it, you know? Yeah, that's nice. I like that, man. Um, well, Francisco, I, I, could be, I could be all jawned out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all about- I'm getting jaundice. I'm getting jaundice. <laughs> John Ditus, right. I mean, I think when it comes down to it, it, it's about, it's, we can bring it down to Jesus and, um, and the call, call of solidarity, you know, like, you know, walking, walking with Jesus to the end, because he's walking with us to the end. Right. And, you know, it's sort of like, and reaffirming our commitment to move towards discipleship, even though we don't right. see exactly how it's going to play out. But the right. trust you said, I think, is essential, um, and yeah. and and the commitment to stand with, you know, to serve God and to follow Jesus, um, then involves you know, committing to to the to the work, um, yeah. you know, here with, with wherever we are. And I think it's really worth reiterating or stating here, you know, kind of, I, in in some ways, this passage we're looking at today could sum up not only John, but much of the gospels, right? I mean, the, all the gospels where kind of, does this offend you, right? Does the Lagos offend you? Does this, does the story of Jesus, right? Including his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, ascension, does all that, right, whole in, in a whole, does it offend you? And I think that it's worthwhile to really explore that question or to understand, the offensive nature of, uh, you know, Jesus and the early movement, you know, um, when it was a, before it became, you know, the, the imperial religion and in some sense, you know, in some sense domesticated in many ways, right? And, um, and, it, and I think it's really 
good for us to recapture or to reconnect with the offensive right aspects and it's all in the gospels right i mean the crucifixion right crucifixion is it was offensive right that the notion that the messiah would be crucified was just ridiculous right and um and and there's so many other things that are offensive about the gospel and jesus's life and his person and all that and i think it's good for us to to reconnect and really embrace that and be kind of an offensive people you know what i mean as followers of jesus like we should be offending people right by what we do and say yeah i think that it, it might be helpful for some people um to maybe even switch that word um because i think what it's getting at is um if we're gonna commit to follow jesus then we need to be, um, and you know, what's coming to mind is sort of what Dr. King said. I don't know if it was one of his books or speeches, but we've got to be creatively maladjusted. <laughs> right. Remember that? You talked about yeah. being, we have to be creatively maladjusted to injustice and oppression. So that means we need to be offended by oppression in our society, right. injustice in all its forms, and we need to see it and we need to be disgusted by it. And then, be moved to do something right and so right. The, in, in a way then the crucifixion is offensive because it points to the the horrific nature of of empire and you know state sanctioned violence and all these things that killed jesus right yeah and then that continues to crucify like the most you know the most vulnerable people amongst among us and so that's what sort of is striking me when you you know in and focusing on the word offense dude, are you, it, it, we should be discomforted by um, right. the fact that we follow um, in, in this way because our eyes need to be wide open about the way of the world and how do we bring a different way, the love, justice, and compassion that is so needed. Yeah. And we, we can talk about Afghanistan, we can talk about the need to be in solidarity with um, you know, the most immediate compromised members of our community and committing to wear a mask and getting, you know, pushing a vaccination and, um, you know, and we, the list can go on and on, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Look, I like playing with that word and looking at it from different angles, right? Like, are we, are, are we offended? We need to be offended. Like you said, King, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, uh, maladjusted, be offended by injustice. And I also have this, you know, kind of a, the, not the flip, but a correlation of that is mm -hmm. I love this idea of being offensive. That's almost as if oh. our righteous actions were some kind of body odor to those who would, you know, oppress others, right? And take advantage of others that it was just too much for them. You know, they'd have to go look for fresh air or something uh, because of we came in their midst. I, I would love that, you know? I mean, we've had we've had experience we've had little bites of that right when we walk in uh in different uh you know a congressperson's office right and we walk in like we have something righteous to say and and not just for ourselves but we're talking on we've heard we've listened to the community and we've you know and we go in and it, it they do have that reaction some sometimes you know they try to accommodate but sometimes they it's like offensive like we do stink to them right yeah like <laughs> like you know like you guys you justice folks need to go take a shower because i can't take it in your presence anymore so that's that makes me feel good so all right all right the message of this is 
be offended and be offensive. That's Amen. right. Amen. <laughs> For <right>. Jesus. <laughs> That's a good one to that. Right on, Francisco. Well, you want to take us out? You brought us home. You brought us in. So, I mean, I think it's it, you know. Be offended. Be offensive. Right on, man. Until next time. Till next time. Peace, everybody. You can find us on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Like us, share us, whatever. We'll hope to see you again. Be offended Peace. by us. Yeah, be offended by us. Let us know, though, so we know you're offended. So. <laughs> Take care. Peace. Peace.